So first things first, I hope you know and believe that each and every one of us were created to worship. Okay, it's who we are, it's what we're designed to do, whether it's sports that you worship, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend that you worship, or your grades that you worship, or the one who created you that you worship. Right, we were all designed to worship. Okay, and that is like my favorite part of this whole series, of this whole My Jams series, because we get to dive into different types of worship, right? Why we raise our hands, why we kneel, why we jump, why we shout, why we praise, all of it. Right, and my favorite part of all of it is that we get to go further into the songs that we sing here in 4640, right? We get a deeper understanding of what they mean. See, you may not be leading from a platform like this, but that doesn't mean you're not a worshiper, right? You may not have a voice like Joe in the band, but that doesn't mean you're not a worshiper, right? We were all created to do it. Doesn't matter if you're a good singer or a bad singer. Take it from me, okay? I know. Right, so like I just, I just want you guys to know, because this is huge, but you're clothed in his favor and worship is your weapon, okay? And that's like, that's straight up truth, y'all. And tonight we're diving and we're unpacking this song and I think this song just speaks depth like to what we're experiencing in life and I think it goes a lot further and there's a lot more weight behind it, okay? And I think it's also a song that speaks so clearly to a season that we've been in or a season that you might walk into. Okay, and this song is called I Surrender by Hillsong. And we're gonna jump right into it. The first verse goes, here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all, surrendering all. Find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, desperate for you. I just wanna pause for a minute because those lyrics are not just lyrics, okay? Those are so much more than words. And I just wanna know how many of us have been in that place. Right, well, we're in a place that we're desperate that if God's not gonna move, nothing's gonna happen. Right, we've been in a place of desperation that you have to be down on your knees and you're like, God, if you don't fix this, it ain't about to get better. Right, and so I, I also wonder, how many of us though have also been in a place that we say, God, I'm desperate enough that I'm not gonna move until you show. Right, that I'm not gonna get up until I feel your presence that I'm not gonna move this place until I can feel you so much. See, he's a present God who, in the Bible it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. See, I'm sure you guys have noticed that down here, right, down here in this praise pit, people have been down on their knees. And when we're down on our knees, that's an act of surrender. And to be in a place of surrender is to be in a place of safety. See, the chorus says, I surrender, I surrender, I wanna know you more. I wanna know you more. And so to surrender is to cease resistance, right? It's to let God have total control, to be able to step back and say, God, I give you control of all of it. I surrender all of it. My passions, my desires, the college I wanna get into, all of it, that job that I applied to, I'm gonna step back and I'm gonna let you have total control. See, to surrender is to be in a place of saying, God, it's your plans above my plans. Right, it's your will above my will. It's your, it's your call on my life over what I want. See Psalm 42 verse two says, my soul thirst, pants and longs for the living God. I wanna come and see the face of God. See until God within you becomes enough, there will always be a hole that you are trying to fill. Right, and whether that's filling it with going out and getting plastered every weekend because if you could show your friends that you're cool, then woo, everything's okay. 
Right? Or maybe that hole that you're trying to fill is with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And y'all, let me tell you, they're never going to fill that hole for you. Right? Or maybe it's this fill of, if I just get this many Instagram likes, I'm good. I'm going to feel good about myself. Right? If this many people retweet me, I'm good. Like, everything's fine. And guys, the only person that can fill that is the one who made it. See, God intended for us to know him like we know our best friend. Right? He intended for us to have this real relationship with you, like with the God of the universe. And I can guarantee you, you didn't know your bestie right away. Right? That's how close God wants to be. Odds are that you had to spend time with them. You have to actually get to know them, learn things about them. That's the same way with God. Right? You have to spend time in his presence. You have to spend time in his word, in worship, all of it. You have to be intentional with God. Right. And then the bridge goes on to say, like a rushing wind, Jesus breathe within. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way in me. Job 33, 4 says, for the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. See, when God created you, it was his breath that he created you with. Right? You weren't formed out of nothing, but you were spoke into something. It's his actual breath that created you. Like, that, that straight up blows my mind. Okay, like the creator of the universe, you were breathed into existence. And see, when God speaks something into existence, it comes back to life. And maybe, I don't know if it's you, but you feel like your relationship with the Lord is dead. Right, that something needs to be revived, that something needs to happen. Well, that's what that's saying, Jesus breathed within. Right, God, speak back into me. I know that you're here, but God, I need to hear it again. I need you to speak that life back into it. I need that relationship back with you. Have your way in me. Right, have your way in me. If I could be honest, that is probably a very dangerous thing to say. Okay, have your way in me. Because I remember, <laughs> first time I ever told God this, all right, I was a sophomore in high school. And we were at this old thing called Amped. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Nice, okay. The old schools, good job. And we were at this thing called Amped. And I was a sophomore in high school, so I was like, what, 16? And we're singing this song, I Surrender. And I remember so clearly in that moment, I was like, I'm going to take this for real. I'm going to sing this for real. I'm going to sing, Lord, have your way in me. Okay, dangerous territory with the Lord. Because then he called me to missions for six months. Okay, and he said, it's going to cost you everything, right? And it did. It costed me relationships. It costed me friendship. It cost me popularity. It costed me all of these things. And it literally costed me a lot, okay? Like, missions is not free, fun fact. And so God had called me into this, and I was like, what did I say? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I actually meant this, God, but y'all, let me tell you, it is so worth it because the plans that he has for you go over and above the plans that you have for your life, right? They exceed it abundantly. See, and then it says, like a mighty storm, stir within my soul. Lord, have your way in me. See, have you ever watched a movie that just stirred you? Right, that like, it just like pulls on your heartstrings, like you cannot shake this movie. Um, for me, it was Cars 3, and <laughs> if I'm flat out honest, okay, <laughs> it's kind of super embarrassing to share with everybody right now. Um, <laughs> it was legit Cars 3 for me, okay, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie, 
oh my gosh, I was a wreck after I saw it, okay? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, these people didn't even know, like, the depth that is into this movie, okay? And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, this trainer car who always wanted to be a race car. <laughs> but everybody told her that she couldn't. And Lightning McQueen was like, yes, you can. And I like, feel like it just like spoke so much to the depth of who we are when everybody speaks into who we are, but it's not actually who we are, right? When everybody tells you, you can't be that, you can't be that, but it's like, no, God said I am. And so this movie just like, <laughs> it wrecked me, okay? I was a mess, I was in tears. <laughs> it says in Hosea 6.3, Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us surely as the arrival of dawn on the coming of rains in the early spring. See, it's our heart's cry to know God, right? And I promise you, he's worth it, right? He's worth the cost. He's worth the things that you have to give up. He's worth the things that you have to surrender. And I think that this song, it not only stirs in my life, but I think it stirs in a lot of us, right? And, and it's so much deeper than just, I surrender, right? It's this call, it's this desperate, we're hungry for the presence of God, we're hungry for a move of God. And I just wonder, how many of us need to surrender something tonight, right? How many of us need to surrender the place that God, that we have let other people take over, right? That we've let our boyfriends in, that we've let sports fill, that we've let all these things fill above the presence of God. And so what is it in you that you need to surrender? I think tonight God wants us to think about surrendering a bit differently. I think that God has something special for us tonight in a different way that we can think about what it is, looks like to surrender. Because I think a lot of us are always under attack. And the Bible says it in Ephesians six twelve that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. What does it look like to surrender when you're in a fight? Because that seems a little bit wrong. You're not supposed to surrender when you're in a fight. And I also think that the, the idea of surrendering, for me, a long time, that was just like the stereotypical good Christian thing to do. Yes, surrender it to God. Have you given it to God yet? Have you ever had a, pre have you ever had a, a pastor go, have you prayed about it yet? That's not to make you feel bad, first of all. <laughs> that is not our intention. We really want to know. But like, it's that idea of just like, hear God. And that's not the posture of surrender. And there's a story in the Bible that, that talks about this concept of surrendering, but in the midst of a battle that could not be won. In the midst of overwhelming odds, in the midst of, of trials in your life. And I think a lot of us have trials in our life, and a lot of us have the things that are overwhelming. Um, maybe it's a, a, a relationship Right, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you had for three years that broke up. That can feel like a divorce. I, I, it really can. I, I, I broke up with a, a girlfriend that I had in high school and through college of five and a half years, and that felt like a divorce. It did. And I, I think that, that people go through um, huge things, overwhelming odds of parents getting divorced and, and um, people committing suicide, friends committing suicide, and, and, and you know, people dying in our lives that are close to us, and it hurts, and it's terrible. And it's like, how are we going to get through this? Thinking about your purpose in life. What am I going to do next year? What am I going to do with my life in college? Things like that can overwhelm us. And they're not a joke. And it seems like an army, an enemy is against us. How am I supposed to just hear God? That story in 
Second uh, Chronicles 20, I believe, gives us a huge insight to it. Uh, we come to a king named Jehoshaphat, which was funny because a certain intern that won't be named thought I was jo- kidding with him, and he thought it said Joe is fat, um, <laughs> which I laughed about a lot, but it's Jehoshaphat, all right? It's not a joke. It's really his name. It really is his name. It is a king that ruled um, in a region called Judah, all right? And, and he ruled amongst a line of kings that most of them weren't solid. They didn't follow God's rules. They didn't follow um, what he wanted uh, for his people. Uh, But Jehoshaphat did. He absolutely did follow um, what God wanted to do. And the king found himself in a place of overwhelming odds where three armies were coming against him. Three armies, not just one, but three are like on his doorstep and he gets messengers. And um, it's just really awesome what his first response is. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. Obviously, we get super scared when we hear that it's against us. He begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. I think it's interesting that Jehoshaphat's first response is to cry out to the Lord. Crying out to God should be our first response, not our last resort. I mean, how often are we just like, we've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried this and this and this, none of it's working. God, where are you? And if our first response is like, hey, God, where do you want me to go? And he's like, that way, cool. <laughs> and you start off on, the, on, on God's path, opposed to your last resort, coming to this desperate attempt of why have you left me when he's been there the whole time, right? I think that we need to make crying out to God our first response, not our last resort. So they wait on the Lord. So he he cries out to God. They're fasting. They're praying. He brings the whole community together. All of Judah, all of Jerusalem is just seeking God, just praying and seeking God. And they wait on this. And then Jehoshaphat stands up and prays for the people. The king prays over his people. He says this, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of, of all the kingdoms on earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now, this is really good stuff. I agree with all of it, but I'm gonna ask the question, does God need to be reminded of who he is? Probably not. I think he has a good idea of who he is. Who does? I think that we do. And also the enemy does. So as Jehoshaphat says these things and prays these things out loud, he's reminding the people of who God is. And he's reminding the enemy who God is and who they're praying to. See, he's starting to change the atmosphere in the room. He's starting to to stir the spirit of God. He's starting to invite God's presence in. And there's a lot of prayers in the Old Testament that that have that sort of um, dialogue to it, excuse me. And and they, they say, God, this is who you are. And it's for our hearts. And it's for everybody to hear. He ends his prayer like this in 2 Chronicles 20, 12b. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's the posture. That's the posture. How many times when it's overwhelming do you look down in depression? I mean, you just do this, I feel heavy. If I look up, I feel light. Keep your, keep your eyes up is what he, he wants to do. I mean, there's so many times that, that we look down um, and we continue to just recede from God because we're bummed and we don't, and we recede into loneliness. And then that manifests into depression. But if we look up, we see everybody around us, but we see the God that created us as well. 
I do believe that our posture, when we look down, we feel down. When we look up, we will feel up. At this point in time, when um, Jehoshaphat says, Lord, I don't, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, the random guy in the crowd stands up and starts talking. Have you ever like been in like a crew and like the random person just comes up and just starts saying stuff? You're like, where's this guy coming from? Is it, it's happened to me a, a couple different times. Sometimes I'm that guy um, that just inserts myself into a conversation because the king just spoke. And it's like, who's, like, usually if the king's present, he will ask you to speak. But random guy stands up and speaks. This is what he says. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. So this guy hears a word from God. This is what he says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. See, last week we learned that the walls of Jericho, the walls in your life, like God will call you in a battle to do specific things. Do this. And, and Joshua and his crew had to circle the city once a day on the seventh day, seven times, right? Sometimes God says, you know what? I got you. I got this. See, Joshua had specific things. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. Sometimes we're left with, okay, it's yours. So, <laughs> well now, right? And I feel like that's kind of um, the thing, but it's really awesome what Jehoshaphat does next because I think there's a lot of times where we're just like, I'm gonna give it to God and then I'm not gonna look at it anymore. There's a lot of times we're just like, all right, I'm, God, I'm going I'm to give you my pain. And then we don't ever pick our pain up again in front of him. Or, or I'm gonna be like, God, I, I give you my future. And then we don't ever think about our future again. See, Jehoshaphat heard that the battle is not yours, but it's God's. And he still marched out of the city with the warriors, with the people. He still marched out. You see, if you're not there to see God do the miracle, what are you doing? How, how can you claim that as your testimony? How can you say, God did this in my life if you never see it happen? If you give God your future, you better keep walking toward that future because he's gonna make a path that is full of hope and full of glory and he wants you on it, right? So when you give something to God, that posture is still looking up at him. Here, take it, I'm following you, right? That's, that's the posture that Jehoshaphat has in this story. So after consulting the people, this is what he does. The people still marched out. They didn't hide it all away or anything. And this is what it says in 2 Chronicles 20, 21a. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing the Lord and praising for him for his holy splendor. Now, I'm not like a general. I've not been trained in the art of war. But throwing, you know, the worship team in the front doesn't seem intimidating, Right? <laughs> Like if I want, if I'm marching out to war, I'm like grabbing like the, uh, like the big awesome dudes that with the huge muscles and the giant spears, they're walking out front because they're going to strike fear, right? Skinny jeans and guitars, eh, you know, not exactly like, yay, <laughs> let's beat them, right? But then I think about, there's some really awesome war songs, right? And like, when I mean, you hear that jam, like Joe pumped up last night, it's like, Right, you get, you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna rip someone's face off. I'm gonna do it. 
And they could have sang a song like in Exodus 15, the epic song of terror that Moses sang. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God. I will praise him. My father's God. I will exalt him. But they didn't sing that. They could have sang something like Psalm 46. He caused wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Man, the enemy's shaking in their boots. But they didn't sing that. Second Chronicles 20, 21b says this. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. They went with a slow jam. You ever been at a party or like prom or something? You're like, yeah, that song was awesome. I'm gonna get like really, like it's gonna be awesome next. And it's like that slow jam. And then every girl you go up to says no, right? Is that just me? Okay. Little peek into Will's past. All right. But they went with the slow jam. They, there's nothing in that verse, in that, in that song that talks about breaking spears and the fire from heaven consuming the heathens. No. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. See, in that verse, when it talks about they praised him, it's the Hebrew word called, called yada, which means lifting your hands in worship to God, which coincidentally is the international sign for surrender. I give up. <laughs> I'm not a threat. They're worshiping God, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. And at that moment, the three armies killed each other. I don't know if they were playing a poker game and they just like <laughs> all cheated. It says the spirit of God came upon them and threw them into chaos and they killed each other and not one person survived. The moment they slow jammed. <laughs> what I want you to know here is that worship of God brings life to his children and worship of God brings death to his enemies. Worship of God brings life to his children. Worship of God brings death to his enemies. Worship is a weapon. Surrender is a weapon. And I love the idea of, of worship being an axe. Because an axe is violent. It's violent. It's not, you can't like gracefully swing an axe. You know, it, it, it comes down hard. It impacts hard. And I think that every time we full on surrender, to God, we lift our arms to just get closer to Him. We lift our hearts to get closer. We say, God, I am looking to you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And I give this to you and I keep my eyes on you. And the enemy will cower at that. I believe hell shudders at the weakest Christian on their knees. Oh, what about his kids lifting their arms high to God in worship? Because sometimes the battle's not ours, but God will make a way. 
way. We worship Jesus and we have the same spirit that rose him from the dead inside of us. And Jesus himself says, fear not for I have overcome the world. Surrender is not just, okay, God, I give it to you. It's a love song. Here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all. I am, I am desperate for you, God. I'm giving you my future and I care about it. I'm giving you my family, my parents, they're my sister. I care about them. Surrendering that to God is more than just a flippant comment. It's a posture of looking at him surrendering your life. What's crazy about this last part of the story is that when all the enemy soldiers, they all killed each other, it took the Israelite army three days to collect all the plunder, the treasures, the weapons, the clothes, the food. And so whatever the army is in your life right now that's surrounding you, whatever the, the thing is in your life that seems impossible, the thing that you need to surrender to God, the size of that army only determines the size of the plunder that you deserve. The size of the plunder that you will get if you give it over to God. And so tonight, we want to leave time for you to be able to do that. We want to leave time for you to be able to give it to God. And this is a personal thing for your heart. And so what we're going to do in a minute as we clear this stuff off is we're going to call you guys up and I want you to find your own space because it's between you and God. And I want, I want us to surrender. We're going to sing the song, I Surrender. And I want you guys to, to, to think about the enemy that's surrounding you, the thing that you need to give up to God. And we need to trust him that enemy will be defeated the battle Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there. 